0: Volume. Hello, I'm Amina Asma, and in this episode we are with news organization EXPLAIN. The work the organization does is actually all in their name. They produce content that is meant to better explain the news that we consume on a daily basis.
1: I've been in journalism for so long and I started to explain because I felt we were, not to disrespect my peers, but in some cases we can do a disservice to our audience. And I mean, when I say audience, I mean, there is like, maybe 25% of South Africans who are super interested in the news and could tell you the ins and outs of the Zonda Commission of Inquiry.
0: Speaking as varashni Pillay, founder and managing director at Explain, telling us how their platform differs from other news platforms.
1: Then there's the rest of us who are really super busy and, and want to be good citizens and want to know what's happening. But we, you know, we've, we're stretched and we kind of feel like we want to fill that gap. It's quite a big gap, you know, and... Especially with newsrooms under pressure, you'll see things like this slipping through, where a study that is obviously problematic, you know, supports a certain narrative that lockdowns were wrong, giving extensive coverage, but the people behind the study aren't, you know, without fault, and the study itself isn't without fault. So that's an example where we try to hold um, the media to account.
0: You are listening to Season 2 of Media Diaries, the new normal edition. The show is brought to you by the South Africa Media Innovation Program and produced by Volume. For each episode, we are going to step into a different organization and explore how they are adapting their content production processes to what has become known as the new normal that COVID-19 has forced us to adjust to. In this episode, we are with Johannesburg-based news organization, EXPLAIN. The sole purpose of the organization is to choose the most important news topics that they think most affect your life as a South African and to break it down for you. Here is Varashni again.
1: And to educate our audience, so part of what we do is say, hey, you're gonna be hearing the story on the news today, because they're not living in a black hole of news, they're looking at street poll ads, they're listening to the radio um, and they're hearing the news bulletins, and we kind of saying, Hey, you're gonna be hearing about um, X, Y, Z, you're going to be hearing about a possible cabinet reshuffle. Everyone's saying that maybe teachers are no longer going to be our finance minister. Don't panic. You know, a lot of this is just um, allegations, unnamed sources. We'll tell you when something has been confirmed.
0: She explains why their news stories differ from those of other news organizations.
1: It's about making news accessible to people who don't follow it too closely and who sometimes find the news confusing, hard to keep up with, and sometimes a little bit depressing. So we try to answer that by creating accessible news summaries, which we send out via WhatsApp to our audience who are generally busy career people who are juggling family, being parents, and running departments, so they can catch up on the news in an accessible way that breaks it down for them, even if they weren't following the story from the very beginning. We also focus on solutions oriented news, looking at what's going right and what can be done to make things better.
0: A WhatsApp first Publishing model for news wraps isn't a common way of delivering the news, but is definitely innovative. Virashnik gives us an overview of the work that goes into each wrap.
1: So we take the news and we read several sources. So for one summary, which is typically about 200 words, we will read, I can't tell you how many articles, to ensure that we haven't missed anything. We then um, write it up for the audience in, like you say, a condensed way, but not in a Condense where that is boring. There's a bit of conversation, a bit of tone, a bit of humour uh, to keep people engaged. And we explain also the background. So for instance, today we're hearing all about the JSC interviews. Um, the JSC is interviewing for our next court justices at the constitutional court. We'll also tell you what the JSC actually does, why we need to interview our, ju- our judges, and what sets us apart as a country in the fact that we're quite objective and thorough in how we interview
0: our judges. Journalist and associate editor at explain. Natasha Joseph tells us why the work explained does is so important.
2: The media broadly doesn't do a very good job of explaining. Um, it kind of presents information and often overloads us as audiences. There's so much going on all the time, and there's so much competing for our attention as quite sophisticated consumers of news. And one of the big values is explaining to people why this matters and how it co- sort of fits more broadly into their world and our landscape, whether that's South Africa or the continent more broadly.
0: She also touches on what their main offering is as an organization.
2: The role of Explain and specifically in the rap, this kind of core um, product of ours, is to boil that down for people who've been so hectic during the week that They know there's stuff going on and they know that it matters, but they want our help in cutting through a lot of the noise to say, here's what we know and here's what we don't know. And that's another kind of key value is not to claim certainty in situations where we don't have it, which anybody who's consumed media will know that journalists are guilty of that. We claim that we know this thing for sure. And it's almost as though we're worried about being seen not to understand or know everything. And the point of explain is that we then say, we're not sure about this, but we are sure about this.
0: Here is Varashni again, explaining the mindset behind the packaging of each wrap.
1: Breaking correctly, but not just correctly, entertainingly and interestingly, and showing you what it means for your life. Why do you need to know this? And how does it make you feel? Um, We would try to tackle the holistic person, the holistic newsreader, we try to ensure that you know that things are getting better in the world. It's often not reported on. There's general trends of things improving over time, like child mortality and, and democracy indices, but those don't make headlines. So we try to make people aware that it's not all doom and gloom.
0: Head writer 'd Artybana shares with us where she fits into the production cycle of each rap.
3: My responsibility is basically firstly to attend meetings that um, to help kind of conduct what we're going to be discussing. So diary meetings um, where we discuss what we're going to be putting into the rap. So in those meetings, I would often like give my opinion on certain things, help choose stories, and Yeah, just the basic debate and everything. And then I'd start working on the rap. So it takes a lot of research, trying to get as much information in as possible so that I can make sense of it firstly, because you know, politics is so complicated. And then um, trying to simplify it. So writing it out the best way possible, making it as easy as possible and also making it fun.
0: Here is Varashni again, breaking down the production process that each rap requires.
3: I think oh, one thing that people
1: don't know about is that we fact check everything in the wrap. Um, we don't just sub it. We don't just copy edit it. So. Being a journalist, mean, you would know that there's many processes that go in place to put news together for a newspaper. But a lot of those checks and balances have fallen away as people moved online and as uh, cost-cutting happened in newsrooms. So we're trying to make sure that we bring back the best of what we lost in terms of the golden era of journalism. And we, um, we do the normal copy editing. So we write the stories. So we'll have four pairs of eyes on a story. The first person will write it. Then um, the second person will copy edit it and shape it up. Then the third
0: uh, team. Desejo Chapape and Tebojo Mabuela are interns that Explain we have recently joined the organization. Desejo is responsible for multimedia, while Tebojo is responsible for the social media side of things.
1: We'll come and fact-check every claim made, every fact mentioned, every name, and then lastly there'll be a sub-edit to make sure there's no grammar or spelling errors or style errors. So when you finally get your WhatsApp on a Thursday with the 10 stories we've chosen for you, um, which you can also get as an audio. You can listen to it if you're too busy to read. And it's also a beautifully laid out digital PDF, which Lesejo works on. When you get that, you know that it's gone through the ringer. It's been triple checked and you know you're
4: getting um, high quality news.
0: Here is Lesejo describing her responsibilities when it comes to multimedia.
4: So what I do is I would compile a short video for all our social media platforms. Um, maybe pertaining the story of the week, uh, we also have, um, ACL videos that we post uh, on a Friday. Also uh, that what would happen is that we speak about arts, culture, or what, what is happening around us. You know? So we speak about the entertainment industry, what's happening in the movies, what's happening also in the news as well. So I would compare, I would then record it and then um compile it.
0: The videos that Lesejo compiles for social media get between five and 15,000 views on Facebook, while each rep on average reaches 30,000 readers via WhatsApp and email. Here is Debojo describing how the work she does for social media fits into her day.
4: Since I'm uh, handling the social media, I look at the socials, like if we have new uh, subscribers or if we have people on WhatsApp to, um, to subscribe, I look at that and I... I continue. If I had like work, I haven't finished the day before, I start with that. Or if I'm given any task, I do that. So there's no, t- I'm not time bound to, if at 10, I have to do this. So it depends on how many tasks I do.
0: Natasha then explains how she fulfills her role as an associate editor in the production process of each rap.
2: As an associate editor, my role is to kind of, Keep an eye on what's going on in the world. Are there things that maybe the rest of the team might have missed? The nice thing about working in a team is that we're all reading um, and kind of consuming news quite broadly, and there'll be stuff that I've completely missed, but Artie's got a handle on and vice versa. And just sort of saying, okay, but are we fulfilling the kind of core values of what we're trying to do with Explain with this story? Is this story more important for our audience than this one? have we got the right tone, um, you know, so we're not making it so kind of serious and in-depth and gloomy that people's heads just fall off instead of reading it and absorbing the information.
0: She then touches on how that role shifts to the role of copy editor.
2: Uh, and then on Thursdays, late Thursdays, when we actually kind of get the rap Together, my job is as a copy editor then. So, full stops, commas, spelling, grammar, have we left out any details? Uh, Are we going to get sued if we write that? Um, So, the more, I guess, uh, workmanlike side of, of editing.
0: Comparing it to the work of musicians, Natasha paints us a picture of what her editing process looks like.
2: You read a piece of journalism like a piece of music. So, in the rap, Do we have enough crescendos? Do we have enough high points? And do we have enough low points? Is it too heavy? Is it too light? You know, does it feel too flimsy? Um, And so I look like a bit of a weirdo sitting at my desk, sort of waving with one hand. I know nothing about music, but I kind of try and keep a little bit of time in my head and then take a step back from doing that once I've kind of done an initial edit of the rap, sort of literally take myself for a walk around the house, go back and do a second look um, and then wait around and see if there's anything else that needs my particular skill set.
0: As an organization that formally launched just before the national lockdown hit South Africa, Virashni describes some of the challenges they have faced as an organization due to COVID-19.
1: One of our first stories was the looming um, pandemic that we didn't know what to do with you know it was such a new story and in the middle of reporting the story we suddenly realized that we would have to shut down our new office send everyone home it was quite jarring for a long time we worked remotely and for a startup that was very hard because we had just started we hadn't really created a momentum yet or forged a company culture so trying to create a company during that time was extremely um, difficult and challenging
0: she also explains how they managed to overcome them
1: yeah, at one point um, financially we were hit really hard at the end of last year. A lot of our contracts dried up, um, so we monetized the the business by doing digital consulting. So we have two arms of the business. One does the the explainers and the journalism, and the other side does digital consulting for lots of Pan African NGOs and companies. We re- we really enjoy that work. We do their social media, we do live, we do webinars and so on. Uh, at the end of last year, I think a lot of organizations started to feel the budget cuts thanks to the economic fallout from the pandemic, and that affected our budget too. And we're now in the process of rebuilding the team and working on a more solid um, financial strategy so that we can plan even for when things are tricky because this was a once-in-a-generation thing. It was very hard to plan
0: for. It kind of hit us out of nowhere. Artie describes how she experienced these challenges.
3: So initially, it was a lot to like adjust um i remember like last year this time when i started to explain as a full time employee in mm-hmm. march and um that was just like weeks before lockdown had hit and it was weird because it was like a firstly, it was new, a new job and a whole new sort of landscape. Also, it's a startup. So there's a lot of things that we were trying to implement and experiment with and figuring out if something works or doesn't work. So there was a lot of like chopping and changing in between. And then um, doing that like virtually was also a bit of a challenge. You actually feel the difference between working in an office and then working virtually because when you're in an office space, you get to like bounce ideas off each other at any point in the day. It makes a difference. So now it's kind of like you're in that space where you have to almost figure it out and make a mistake in order to learn.
0: Natasha then comes in and explains another dynamic of working virtually and how she experiences it.
2: I've actually never met Artie in person. We've never been in the same room. Uh, Yeah. Um, And I know Varashni very well and I have known her for a long time. I've not met Lisejo, I've not met Tabojo. I mean, I've met them. You know, we've hung out online. But just the dynamics of not being able to kind of be in the same room as somebody. And when you've been a journalist for any amount of time, you kind of come to take for granted that you can just go and perch on the edge of somebody's desk and Either talk complete rubbish with them about, I don't know, sport or gossip or whatever's going on in the world, or ask them serious questions about a story. So I found that quite hard.
0: Making mention of some of her concerns when it comes to news reporting.
2: I've been interested in working journalists. What changes when you're trying to interview people remotely So much of what we do kind of relies on those very in person dynamics. You know, there's a big difference between me walking up to somebody at a protest and saying, Hi, this is where I'm from, and me tracking down numbers and trying to get hold of people and being cognizant of the fact that data costs money for people and the connectivity, the kind of connectivity I have, might not be replicated for an interviewee. And so I've been quite worried about what voices are getting left out or pushed aside because they are harder to make contact with.
0: As one of the newest additions to the team who has become accustomed to the virtual way of life, Lisejo explains how she is experiencing it.
2: Well,
4: uh, for me, it was, a bit, it was quite challenging. So um, I, was at, I was like studying from home for such a long time. So now it became it was a bit of a, you know, of a, a struggle having to now commute. I'm a bit also quite paranoid. I'm like, am I gonna catch the COVID? You know. Um, but I'm also quite grateful that I actually have an office to come to. You know, I feel like that face to face uh setting, seeing people engaging with people on a face to face basis is it, it actually helps and actually also calms me in terms of all the you know the stress around the pandemic.
0: As the cliche goes, the show must go on. And Virashni is making sure of this. Here she shares what the organization has planned in line with their attempts to settle into the new normal. So our
1: first um, interview, uh, we're continuing the ACL arts, culture and lifestyle segment by bringing in... um, entertainers and actors and interviewing them. And our first one is tomorrow, and it's with Jonathan Boyton Lee. So I am going to be preparing for that, setting up the studio. Um, we have a professional studio booked for the shoot. We're all a bit nervous, and Friday is really sloppy And we're going to be doing these wide-ranging interviews, and we're pretty excited because we're going to be doing games with each of the uh, interview guests, um, like fun things like, have you ever, or can you do an accent? And I'll try to guess the accent.
0: This has been Media Diaries, the new normal edition, and I'm Amina Dekha-Asma. The show has been brought to you by the South Africa Media Innovation Program and produced by Volume. Check out more information about the show either at www.volume.africa or at SOMIP's website, samip.mdif.org. That's samip.mdif.org. The music for this series is composed by John Bartman. Next week, we will go inside another media organization and see how they are coping and innovating when it comes to reporting during this crisis. Goodbye.